This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Oh, what a time to be alive and to love sports. March Madness, NBA stretch run, baseball's back. And oh yeah, Tom Brady's not done yet. We need more than two hours today. Let's go. Here we go. go, go. Only one place to start. This just in, and I'm told in my ear that this is not a joke. Tom Brady just tweeted, I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. That's basically how I found out as well. I'm here all day doing NBA stuff yesterday afternoon. I get home. My son, Stephen, has just come home from college. I don't get more than two seconds of a hug with him, and I start getting inundated with notes saying, have you seen this Brady news? Is this a joke? Is this a hoax? Is it April Fool's? Indeed, it is not. And here to break it down for us in studio, Dan Graziano and Mike Tannenbaum, good enough to hang out after Get Up in studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Tannenbaum, let's start with the general manager piece of this you're the gm of the buccaneers this cannot have taken you by surprise jason light is his name i know he's a friend of yours there's no way in the world that he was as shocked as the rest of us with this news yesterday yeah agree as jeff darlington just said on get up obviously he was a big reason why he came back he kind of kept the door open conversations going back and forth but i think the other thing that's really worth noting here guys is that not only were they talking to each other but they were talking to the ryan jensen's of the world like hey we're on the precipice here of you being able to talk legally to other teams on Monday. Just hold on here. This is a really complicated situation. So I think it's players like him and Carlton Davis that had real meaningful markets. Like you got to get your center, your certainly your corners back, and then everything else could fill in from there. And so is that the timing of this? I want to make sure this is clear to everybody. People are saying, oh, he does it on March Madness Sunday, all the rest of that. No, no, no. He did it yesterday for a very specific reason, Graziano. Yes, right. because that, that negotiating window for free agency opens at noon today, and then you can officially sign people as of 4 o'clock on Wednesday. But until that negotiating window opens, the team that you're on has an exclusive right to negotiate with you. So Ryan Jensen, the center, uh, comes off the market re-signing with the Buccaneers. Brady doing the Buccaneers a favor by telling them, yesterday instead of waiting another couple weeks couple months now, he's doing himself a favor too because right. if this is the team he's going to be on he wants it to be as good as it can possibly be so do it now before ryan jensen goes and signs with the bengals or somebody else is looking for a center um and, and make sure you have your guy and and so that creates a really interesting scenario for these teams greeny presented by progressive insurance drivers who switch and save with progressive save over 700 dollars on average because aaron Rodgers decides to stay in green bay and he's thinking okay brady is gone russell wilson is gone this just got easier well yesterday it got harder and the packers made a move today already yes graziano what were you telling me you got an extension uh done with preston smith one of their edge rushers uh this is We'll see what the numbers are when they come in. It'll lower his cap number for this year. Keeps him in Green Bay 
Uh, this was one of the situations we were monitoring. Zadarius Smith as well. Huge cap number that either has to come way down or he's going to get cut. But Preston Smith stays on the team, uh, and the Packers are continuing to do the work they need to do to get under the cap and put a roster together that can support Aaron Rodgers. And a huge piece of that, of course. Well, there's two. There's the Devontae Adams piece of it. So as of this moment, he's on the, uh, the uh, franchise tag, which is $20 million and what change, whatever it is. They have until July to figure out some sort of long-term deal with that. With Aaron Rodgers, Mike T, they do not. And until, you know, we hear from his agent, uh, which is Pat McAfee, we won't know exactly what the numbers are. But we will know by Wednesday afternoon, right? Whatever his deal is, we'll know by then. And and why that's hugely consequential is at 4 o'clock on Wednesday, every team has to be under the cap. And for the Packers to operate in any sort of fashion, they have to have a new deal done with Aaron Rodgers. And it does go a little bit of hand-in-glove with Devontae Adams because if they could get a long-term deal done before 4 o'clock on Wednesday, it would be a much lower cap number, Greeny, than that $20 million. If they don't, they have to assume that from March 16th until July 15th, they have to hold a $20 million number for Devontae Adams. So that's why Aaron Rodgers is so consequential because he is by far the biggest piece of the puzzle. And I well expect that if these numbers come anywhere close to what they were reported, we're talking about a sign bonus upwards of $70 million for Aaron Rodgers by Wednesday. Now, to be clear, I hope Aaron Rodgers gets all the money in the world. No one, if he doesn't deserve it, then no one deserves it. So I have no issue with that. But for those who might have seen our discussion slash debate on Get Up this morning, I'll make this the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I think Aaron Rodgers should get paid all the money in the world. But if he wants to win, he needs to make sure that however they do it, it is structured in such a way that it is not prohibitive, which is what Tom Brady has done throughout his career. And thus, in my view, it is not coincidental that he has won more Super Bowls than any other franchise in the National Football League. Is it possible, I'm asking you, Mike T., that they can create a contract in which Rodgers is the highest paid player in the league, but it isn't? Uh, prohibitive for their cap. Yes, and the best way to do that is to give them the biggest sign bonus possible and spread that out, add voidable years to the contract. Now, with that said, at some point it will catch up to them because, as we know, this salary cap is a zero-sum game. So what I would say to Aaron Rodgers is you can have the highest-paid contract, but you will lose players at some point. It may not we we able to keep Preston Smith, but we will lose a couple of players. And since you've already earned... $263 million in your career, which you deserve because you're a great player. Do you want to consider a Tom Brady-like contract? Because here's the other things we can do. Here's the other part. But see, here's a straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. If I'm Rodgers, I'm thinking, I'm going to do this two more years. Give me the huge signing bonus. Give me the voidable years. I'll get all my money, and then by the time it actually does come back and and uh, cripple the franchise, if you will, that won't be my problem anymore. Like, that's a reasonable way to look at this, yes? And, and to finish that sentence, and neither will Matt LaFleur, and we just saw that with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Uh, yeah, he, he can, you know, try and win a championship and do what he wants. What do you think, Graz? Well, the other thing that's going on here, there's an expectation league-wide that salary cap growth will start to happen in a significant way over the next couple of years. So you do see teams dumping money into void years, future years, because they feel like the cap is going to go way, way up. Whether that happens, we'll see. But that is the expectation with the new TV money coming in uh, in 2023, 2024. It's another reason you're also going to see, I think, a lot of free agents doing shorter-term deals because they're going to want to hit the market again in that time. So it, it may, the Packers may be a team that has to bet on future salary cap growth 
push money into future years to make sure they have as good a, as possible a team this year. And, and again, if the three of us were owning the Packers, we'd say, yeah, we, we have maybe the best player in the sport. Let, let's do that. But let's also understand when the day of reckoning comes, we're going to flush out the cap chargers, mm-hmm. the head coach, and the quarterback. And that's exactly what the Saints are doing right today. And I don't think anyone thinks that's a bad idea, but that's sort of like the mindset you need to have. No, every NFL team does it. They, they, they bottom out at some point in the process. The Packers just haven't had to do it in 30 years because they've had a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback since 1992. Back to Brett Favre and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. But maybe eventually it does come back. And I, I think the value of one championship is invaluable. So if he wins one more for them, then I think everyone will have gotten what they needed out of the deal. Greeny and Graz and Tannenbaum are here. So Graziano... Again, noon Eastern time today is when the quote-unquote legal tampering, which is a phrase I love, (laughs) what a term, a tampering by its definition is not legal, or at least it's not, I don't know, it's it's not something, but but, but whatever it is, I like the term. Anyway, give it for the folks who are now, you know, swept up in the Brady and Rodgers and everything else of it all. What are we expecting? What teams are we expecting to be active? Who are the big players we're looking at? What will start happening today? I expect the Chargers are a team you hear a lot about in terms of uh, trying to be active signing guys, and there's no coincidence there. They have Justin Herbert, great young quarterback on a rookie contract, trying to maximize that window before you know, his cap numbers go through the roof in a couple of years. Uh, I think the Jets will be active trying to put their roster together, looking at cornerbacks. Uh, the Bengals are, are going to be after offensive linemen. That just cost them the Super Bowl. They need to do some work on defense, too. But similar to the Chargers, trying to maximize the rookie contract window there on, on Joe Burrow. The big names are kind of like, uh, this year, are kind of like offensive linemen and cornerback, like Teron Armstead, the left tackle from yeah. the Saints. I think uh, he'll do okay. And J.C. Jackson and Carlton Davis, the top two cornerbacks, they might find a market. But, you know, you could see, I, I, it's a weird market. Like, free agency-wise, there aren't a lot of, like, big monster names out there. It, we may look back and say last week was the week where all the big-time activity happened with all those quarterback trades. And, Grady, that really m- mirrors the draft. I mean, it's an interesting draft, good offensive linemen, good pass rushers, but there's really no quarterbacks. And again, Jameis Winston or Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion, would be the first quarterback drafted in this year's draft. So, so what does that mean? Are those guys, what, how about the Winston and Trubisky of it all? Well, they'll all find homes. There are teams that need quarterbacks. I mean, the Saints, I think, the Saints like Jameis Winston. I think they're, they're thinking about a bigger swing, maybe for a Deshaun Watson trade. But if that doesn't happen, I think Winston's an option there. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I think, is probably going to get a job somewhere, maybe as a starter. Marcus Mariota, those last two are names you hear connected as possible solutions with uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Steelers need somebody. The Seahawks need somebody. So the quarterbacks will move a little bit. But, yeah, I think uh, Deshaun Watson is the big, big name out there. And obviously there are all kinds of other attendant issues on that, but after that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Winston, it, it kind of drops off in terms of the impact you expect a guy like that to have. I agree. You, you just said something really interesting about like teams bottoming out. I yeah. think what's so interesting about this discussion, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers needing a quarterback. I mean, there's some really interesting things that are evolving before our very eyes. And I think the other one other day I throw in here is Bryce Young. You know, we always heard a couple of years ago, Tank for Tua. Mm. Bryce Young has a chance to be that type of quarterback next year. So does a team like Seattle trade back and load up with four number one picks and four second round picks for the 2023 draft. Yeah, and because Young will be available next year. He's not available this year. He wouldn't have to come out next year. He, he could have another year of eligibility. We'll see what he does. Quickly, the trade of Amari Cooper over the weekend, um, I, it didn't take me by surprise because we knew it would happen. But the place he went took me a little bit by surprise. He goes to Cleveland. Mike T, 
I, I hear people, not necessarily people who would be in a position to know, wondering aloud whether the Browns might be thinking of making a quarterback change as well. Do we have any sense of that as far as Baker Mayfield's standing right now in Cleveland? Yes, uh, but when you talk to a lot of people around the league, absolutely. They, they know they can't get to where they want because they have Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow in their own division, Greeny. So I think they see Baker Mayfield a little bit the way Dan just described a couple of these situations where – Maybe they like him a little bit like Jameis Winston, but, hey, is there a bigger swing out there? So Amari Cooper is saying, like, hey, we need a frontline number one guy. We moved on from OBJ. Jarvis Landry probably won't be back. And I think there's some frustration in that building right now in Cleveland because they see the Bengals for what they thought they were going to be. Yeah, that's right. The Bengals jumped them, as did a lot of other teams. How how about the Baker Mayfield of it all, Dan Graziano? I think they would go with Baker if they couldn't find an upgrade. Now, Deshaun Watson would represent an upgrade, and I think they're kind of hovering on the fringes of this Deshaun Watson thing, which, as we've discussed all morning, is going to take a while to unfold because of all the extra stuff that goes with it, his no-trade clause, etc. So watch out for that. But I don't know that they're going to move off of Baker Mayfield for you know, Garoppolo or Winston. I'm not sure they see that, especially given the, the cost to acquire. Uh, I'm not sure they see that. Maybe I'm wrong, but but uh, I, I don't know that they're desperate to move on from him. Uh, he does make almost $19 million this year, so it's possible, you know, he could go in a deal if, you, if you're acquiring a Garoppolo or somebody like that to offset the cost or Deshaun Watson. But, I'm just doing um, the math in my head. This yeah. is the fifth year, right? This is yes, his fifth year option? fifth year option. 18.858 so, million. It's a bargain. I mean, for a starting quarterback, 18.8, right. yeah. It, it, it is a bargain, if and he, then you wait and see. I mean, is, isn't there an argument to be made that he played hurt all of last year yes. and that while he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's a lot better than what he showed you last season? Not, not for me because I just think it's math and physics, which is his height and speed deficiencies will – mean that he will continue to get hurt because he cannot outrun fast defensive linemen. You know, we saw now, look, this is extreme, but what we just saw at the draft is really remarkable. Uh, When you think about someone like Jordan Davis, he was faster than Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield ran four, eight, five. He was a good college quarterback. He's sort of a, a slightly above average NFL quarterback because of his limitations. All right, I'm out of time. I could do this forever. You guys are the best. Graziano and Mike Tannenbaum, thank you both for hanging out here. Extra, it's going to be a really busy week. You know, Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Coming up, the hashtag crew has a lot to say about Brady. So do I, plus the rest of a ridiculously busy sports Monday. Stay there. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and staff types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy 
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Brady is back, baby! Adam, uh, what is it that changed during this two-month period? 40 days since Tom Brady retired, and I think as he stepped back and reflected, he did not feel like the time was right right now. <laughs> Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Brady is coming back. The announcement yesterday that just startled um, everyone and changed everything, and we will get the hashtag Cruz takes on it. In 30 seconds after this word from NetSuite, in growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. There's the one who's overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers. And then there's the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. With visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Head to netsuite.com slash for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer, netsuite.com slash greenie. And with that, I gather the assembled members of the Hashtag crew who are with us today. We have Hashtag Nuno, Hashtag Hembo. Do we have Bubba today as no, well? No, no. Bubba is off on Mondays going forward, so we're stuck with Cam. kind of nonsense? That's hashtag Cam. Cam has a pretty good voice, though. Oh, the Cam, you're the voice. one with the pipes that I like? Mm. I believe so, yes. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's a tough question for me to ask you, yeah. But I do like your pipes. Uh, okay, so I'll get to you. But let me start with Nuno. Hashtag Nuno. Of all the Brady things, because if there's going to be anyone who takes a negative spin on this, it is going to be Nuno Teixeira. Hashtag Nuno, what is your number one takeaway from the return of Tom Brady? He looked at the landscape of the NFC and said, even my old self can make the Super Bowl in the NFC. I Even mean, if I'm not that good still, I can make the uh, the Super Bowl. But you think he isn't that good still? I worry about, in all honesty, I worry about Brady. I worry about the fact that, like, while he fe- he still, it, his heart is in it and he feels his body and so forth, that, you know, he will, we won't see him, um, and we'll look at it like he'll like what Max has always said. Oh, he'll fall off the cliff, and like he'll finally fall off the cliff at forty-five, and kind of ruin this legacy and this aura that we have of him. See, I don't think that is a concern. And let me tell you why. Because having been my age, or being my age, I've seen all the great ones begin to diminish because that is the natural cycle, the natural life cycle of an athlete. An athlete is old in their 30s. A human being is not. But, I mean, the, 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 the example that most people who are a little older than me used in my childhood always was that it broke their hearts to see Willie Mays playing at the end mm. with the Mets when he was a shell of himself. I'm not old enough to remember that. But what I do know is it doesn't detract from Willie Mays' greatness. 
Willie Mays is, in my view, the greatest or second greatest baseball player that ever lived, regardless of the fact that in 1970-whatever with the Mets, when he was however old he was, he wasn't the same anymore. And that's true of all of these guys. It, it doesn't diminish what they were. So, yes, the one thing I will say is, you know, the Beatles breaking up when they broke up and, I mean, through tragic circumstances, never being able to come back together, it does sort of preserve your image of them in one place. And, yes, if Brady does come back and we do see him begin to diminish, he doesn't have to fall off a cliff. He can just be noticeably less than what he's been. One side of that might be sad. The other side of that might be kind of closure for us as fans and, more importantly, for him. Like, I can't imagine walking away from that job while still being as good as anybody else doing it and thinking, yeah, I'm done here. Like, he just wasn't done. And, and I'm allowed to blow my own horn when I get something right because I'm the f- f- first to tell you that I usually get everything wrong. But I've been saying since the day he retired he was coming back. There was nothing about that retirement that felt permanent. You don't put a bunch of notes on Instagram and not even mention the overwhelming majority of a career in New England. He wasn't ready to go. He retired because he thought that's what he should do under the circumstances. And it didn't take him long to his everlasting credit to realize this was a mistake. I'm not done here. And so long as this is still in me in the way that it is, I will not feel fulfilled. This is not about him, how much he loves his family or anything like that. It is about feeling personal fulfillment. And if he still feels like he's got it to give and he walks away from it before he's ready to, he will resent everyone and everything that caused him to do it. This is 100% the right thing for him to do for himself. And I, for one, am not the least bit surprised that he did it. Hambo, what is your number one takeaway from the return of Brady? My number one takeaway, naturally, was I looked up how long Major League Baseball's lockout was, and I learned that it was 99 days. Tom Brady's retirement lasted 40 days. The Major League Baseball owners were more committed to locking out the players than Tom Brady was to this haphazard retirement. And I think you got it right in saying no one has ever been less committed to anything then Tom Brady was committed to retiring from, from the Shefty and Darlington scoop to the haphazard Instagram post to, you know, to the podcast with Jim Gray when he didn't answer questions he knew he was getting to the fact that we read last week that he's still doing the TB12 diet. Like, we can't even pretend like we're surprised here. And a month ago you said he'd be coming back. I just didn't think it would happen so soon. So, but now that I think about the timing more, I'm not surprised it happened so soon because it is super smart. Brady is smart and he's about winning. He's not about maximizing the money. He's about maximizing the wins, the winning. And by coming back, as we just went over with Graziano, by coming back today instead of tomorrow, it maximizes the winning. They signed Ryan Jensen, critical piece of their offensive line last night. You think Ryan Jensen's going back to Tampa for less money, not even fully testing the free agent market if their quarterback is Kyle Trask? No, he'd be in Cincinnati or in New York right now shopping for real estate, really expensive real estate, because both the Jets and the Bengals and probably several other teams would have thrown a trillion dollars at him. But with Brady back, he's going back. And Brady recognized that the timing of it was critical. He needed to do it yesterday, not today, not tomorrow, not next week, but yesterday. So that is just smart. And again, I want to make it clear. I believe Brady retired for honorable, but all the wrong reasons. Now, my job is not exactly the same as Tom Brady's job, obviously. It's not as time-consuming, it's not as lucrative, and it's not as important to billions, well, certainly tens of, if not hundreds of millions of people. 
But there is one part of this that I do kind of understand, which is like I've been doing this job one way or another for a very long time. I'm almost 10 years. Well, I'm nine years older than Brady. No, no. He's going to turn 45. I'm I'm exactly 10 years older than Brady almost to the day. I mean, I've been doing this job so long that I remember when they drafted him, I was already hosting a show called Mike and Mike. You may have heard of it. And, and the point of it is, that I'm trying to make here is that I know that when there comes a time, hopefully I will make the decision when I'm done with this. I, it, certainly, it doesn't always work that way. It may very well be that the people I work for come to me and say, yeah, you're done here. Thank you. <laughs> You've been great, but you're done here. But I do know that if and when the time comes that I decide it's going to be time to walk away, it's going to be hard. Like when you are accustomed to doing the same thing every single day, getting up in the morning and doing the same thing every single day for your entire adult life. I've been doing this, I mean, almost exactly this since I was 32, which is to say waking up super early in the morning and racing to my job. Like that's a lifestyle. You have to, you have to donate or no wrong. You have to commit your entire life to that. You have to build your entire life around that. And ceasing to do that is going to be an adjustment that, I don't feel particularly close to, I mean, meaning I don't think it's coming anytime soon, but it will happen eventually, and it's going to be quite a change. So you're Brady, you've been doing this every single day, you wake up one day and you're like, huh, I can eat my avocado ice cream, but I don't have to anymore, and I can literally do whatever I want today. I'm going to make you an analogy, make you an analogy. Sometimes in life, an unlimited menu was a bad thing. All right, so Hembo, give me a restaurant you like. You don't have to give me the name, but give me the, the, uh, a genre of place that you like to eat in a restaurant. Uh, I love Greek food. Okay, Greek, Greek food. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a restaurant and it is a Greek restaurant, that, one of the reasons you like that is because you have a limited options, right? You know exactly what you're going to get. I'm going to mm-hmm. get the baba ganoush or I'm going to get the, you know, whatever it might be. Today I'm getting a shawarma. Is that Greek? Shawarma, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm getting mm-hmm. that. I'm gonna, whatever that it is. Counts. I, I yeah. love it too, by the way. Sometimes I mix up my Mediterranean uh, <laughs> specifics, but, but I, that is a, a style of food I love as well. You know what I, I, I struggle with? I love a diner breakfast. I love it because I always get the same thing. I get an omelet. I get a little carb on the side. I'm the, I'm the, the first that I, I will always get. I get an omelet of some kind, and then instead of the toast, give me like a little short stack of the pancakes or a short stack of the French toast, something like that. That's my breakfast. I don't have to think about it too much. That same diner where my kids grew up in Westport, Connecticut, going there for dinner always racked me because I really like the turkey burger. I really like pancakes. I love breakfast for dinner. Some nights, like the special tonight is like a roast chicken, you know, when it got the, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. What do I want to do today? Like, what do I want? To, do I want the chicken or do I want to, uh, someone order this for me? I can't make this decision by myself. You know what that is? That's Tom Brady the day after he retired. Giselle, what the hell do I do today? Like, what am I going to do now? When we had a little time off between the end of Mike and Mike and the beginning of Get Up, I was paralyzed. We were supposed to start the new show like in five weeks, and because there were construction delays, I was off for three months. And you might think, boy, that's a wonderful time. Let me tell you. I was paralyzed. I'd wake up every morning. What the hell do I do? I don't know what to do with myself today. I can do anything I want. And the answer is, I don't really know what I want to do. And that's hard to do. And so if you have the option, if you're Brady and you wake up that day and you're like, or I could go back to being the the best in the entire world at something, I can easily see why he did it. To me, this is all 
logical. It makes sense. There's nothing about it that is confusing. I think the whole thing is very easy to understand and explain. And that's the understated part of this is if I had an MVP vote last season, Tom Brady would have gotten it. He led the league in passing. He threw for 5,300 yards. He led the league in touchdowns. He threw for 43 touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP of the, war, uh, of, of the, uh, of the league. Um, Brady finished runner-up. So he was literally leaving the very top of the mountain. He has, he has not demonstrated that he has shown a normal career arc at all. And that's why what Nuno said is something which, uh, with which I disagree. He's still very much capable of being the best player in the NFL. Right. Until he can't be anymore, I think he's going to keep coming back for more. Right. He will eventually show that. It's physically impossible that he won't. There will have to come a time that the one thing he didn't do here was retire before that. Right. The one thing he didn't do was retire before there has been any slippage. There has to be mm-hmm. some. There just has to. He can't do this if he wants to play seven more years. Like, I, I just find it impossible to believe that he could do that. In his case, I guess impossible <laughs> is a complicated word to use. But the one thing he doesn't do with this is get out while he's still the best. Maybe he stays that way. We'll wait and see. Did you know you can listen to this show commercial-free? You can listen to all your favorite ESPN radio shows and much more without the ads on TuneIn, which is the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. Quickly. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light with Greeny. Hembo, I've given you a quick green light to wax rhapsodic about the baseball thing. The last time we were here... Uh, meaning the last time our group was together, they had not yet resolved their labor differences. Obviously, they're back. They're going to play 162 games. All the news is good. The free agents are signing. What are the two or three most important things fans should be thinking the about? The most interesting thing in baseball happening right now, to me at least, is as free agency begins here and we're starting to see a flurry of trades, it is the money that the New York Mets are going to spend. They call it the Cohen tax, Steve Cohen said when asked about exceeding the fourth level of the luxury tax threshold, Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, is very much prepared to act like George Steinbrenner. For the first time in their history, the Mets are going to consistently outspend the Yankees. And for my money, that is a great thing for baseball, especially at a time in which owners are sort of pinching pennies more than ever before. This is a guy, like owners, the other 30, uh, 29 owners in the league, I'm not so sure are fond of this guy because he's going to make them all look bad. I think they're going to blow past $300 million. And he loves it, right? Loves Did it. I see him quoted as saying this is better than having a bridge named <laughs> after exactly you right. as having the luxury tax <laughs> named after you? They're going to have the highest payroll in the history of baseball. And they're going to be committed to outspending the Let Yankees. me tell you why the other owners don't like it. Because he's exposing them for the frauds that they are. All right? Nuno, jump on a microphone here and tell me if I'm getting this wrong. These owners have been saying forever, well, we can't afford to do this and we can't afford to do that. You're all billionaires. You could afford to do it if you want to. You're just choosing not to because you're treating your ownership of a baseball team the way you might treat the ownership of or the leadership of another business enterprise instead of recognizing it for what it is, which is the ultimate vanity play. Mm. It is a public trust that matters to other people. And Steve Cohen is basically saying, yeah, I've got $10 billion or whatever he has. If I have to spend another $100 million on this, that's meaningless to me. It does not affect anything in my life. And every one of them could do that, mm-hmm. and not a one of them are willing to. And so Cohen is making them all look bad. Why do you think of that, Nuno? 
I completely agree. The, actually, last week, uh, Yankee President Randy Levine was on the Michael K show in New York, and him and Don LaGreca got into it because Don said that. He said this to him, and Randy tried to said, oh, they don't, all owners don't have uh, disposable income like that, and which is asinine because they do. If you don't, why are you owning the team? You can turn around all these teams, even the worst team in the league is valued at you know, triple, quadruple, whatever that they paid for it, sell it if you don't want to make money, don't want to spend money, and so forth. So, yeah, so as a Yankee fan, I'm disgusted with the fact that the Yankees have decided to uh, be a small market team and and we see the Mets do what they're doing. All right, we'll talk more about this. as I'll give Hembo uh, more of a chance, but I want to run to some other stuff here because coming up next, I've never been a part of anything quite like I was yesterday. I will give you a little behind the scenes coming up in just a moment after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. The NBA is with us tonight. we got a good game. We've got Sixers Nuggets tonight on ESPN Radio presented by Indeed. Coverage 7 Eastern on most of these ESPN Radio stations. Speaking of the NBA, uh, so you know that I'm hosting the NBA Countdown now, which is on ESPN and on ABC. Yesterday we were on ABC. We had a good double header. We had Nets Knicks. That was KD scoring 53. Kyrie walking dramatically into the arena and sitting there courtside watching most of the game. We then had Celtics um, Mavs and 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 the retirement uh, of the number of of Kevin Garnett. So it's a good day yesterday. But but obviously the most noteworthy thing that happened from the perspective of our show was after the Nets beat the Knicks, Kevin Durant spoke about the New York City vaccine mandate situation that disallows his teammate Kyrie Irving from playing and pointed out what does seem like the obvious incongruity of Kyrie being able to slash allowed to sit courtside without a mask on, being allowed to play in other arenas. Well, let me, not, not being allowed, that, that's separate of his being allowed to sit there, despite the fact that everyone knows he's not vaxxed, the fact that opposing players who are not vaccinated, of of which there are very few in the league, but there are some, are eligible to play games in Brooklyn and in New York, and he is not. Logic does suggest that there is something about that that does not add up. 
Kevin Durant commented on that and took it in the eyes of some a little bit too far. It's ridiculous. Like it just feels like at this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point um, to flex their authority. Um, but you know, everybody out here looking for attention, and that's what I feel like the the mayor wants right now some attention. You know. Okay, so. He suggested that the mayor, the new mayor of New York, Eric Adams, was leaving in place this mandate that greatly predates him and predates Kyrie Irving and the return of the NBA and everything else. Having lived in New York City through the entirety of the pandemic, which is now two years, I can speak uh, to this firsthand. Um, He's suggesting that the mayor of New York has this in place because he's trying to get some attention. Michael Wilbon, we, this, we played this soundbite on NBA Countdown, and I turned to my left and said, Michael Wilbon, what is your reaction? I knew what he was going to say. Here is what he said. Kevin Durant is too aware and too plugged in to say something that impertinent. What's the point of that? Want some attention? You want to call out somebody? Call out your teammate. Tell him to get a shot. Because he's got plenty of them because he couldn't have gone to grade school in metropolitan New York without vaccines. I mean, all these guys want to be so irresponsible and not accountable enough to look at this dude and tell him, you want to play with us? Put a shot in your arm. The vaccine is not about attention. People died, hundreds of thousands of them, from this virus. And you, you think the mayor of New York needs to attend to a basketball team's needs, your needs, before he needs to attend to the needs of a metropolitan area, the biggest in America? Are you kidding me? There's some knuckleheads who would say stuff like this. I'd probably let it go. Kevin Durant is too smart and too plugged in. Everybody wants to tell you how woke they are. And then I got to hear something like that. That's offensive. Stop. So uh, Michael said that. And then Jalen commented and Stephen A commented. And and we were trending. That was in all the years that I've been on. Well, I guess Twitter has only been around however long it's been around. I've never been a part of anything that trended that fast for all the obvious reasons. So let me give you my thoughts on this. Um, A phrase that I've used many times is that the first casualty of emotion is reason. And it is easy to understand why we feel emotionally when it comes to the coronavirus and this pandemic, which, as I said, is now two years old. This has, depending on where you live and depending on what your perspective is, this has impacted all of us, some of us at least a little, and many of us greatly in our lives for a very long time, a very long time. And it is easy to understand why people feel passionately about it. So when that is the case, it is very hard to just be reasonable about something. So here's my opinion. I believe it is fully reasonable to say, hey, this doesn't make sense. Kyrie being allowed to sit courtside without a mask, other players from other teams being allowed to come in and play here who are not vaccinated, but his not being so, that doesn't make sense. I need to. I need an explanation of why that might be, or I think that needs to seriously be reconsidered. That's a perfectly reasonable position to take, and frankly, Michael and Stephen A. and Jalen all agree with that. They all said it. To then take it to the mayor of New York is just doing this because he's trying to get some attention. For whatever it's worth, Eric Adams was just elected. He just became the mayor of New York at the beginning of January. He doesn't need to worry about re-election or anything like that for years. He has the concerns of, as Michael pointed out, the, the largest metropolitan area in the United States to deal with, a place where COVID hit hard early 
and has remained a significant factor. And so I agree with Michael when he says that while I do think it is reasonable to be looking at the logic of maintaining the specific clause or the the specifics of the mandate that create the circumstance that Kyrie is in, I also believe, as he said, that should be very low on the mayor's list of considerations. We got 8 million people or so that live in this city. That's Eric Adams' consideration and concern. All right? There's a little nail salon that my wife and I love going to. It is a block away from us. They're holding on to their business for dear life. I mean, I've gotten to know the women who run that place now. For dear life. And all the restaurants in our neighborhood that we, we you try, they're holding on for dear life based upon the circumstances of this thing. That's who the mayor needs to be worried about. The mayor of the city needs to make sure that the, the people whose lives genuinely, whose financial futures fully depend upon his decisions are taken care of in this. He needs to worry about their circumstances, not those of the Brooklyn Nets no matter how important that might seem to some people. I have a lot more to say. I'm out of time. We'll continue in a moment uh, here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu.